episode of The Real Word. What's good, what's good, what's good? Come on, baby. I'm your host, Ricard G. Noel, and I'm here with my co-host. Your boy, Santa, come on, it's an honor to chill with Kings. And we have a special guest today, my brother. Introduce yourself. How you guys doing? My name is AJ. AJ. All right, so we thank you all for joining us today. We thank you all for watching the show and supporting the show and supporting the movement, supporting the ministry. You see, we're trying to keep as consistent as possible. We over here fresh to death for you guys. And we thank everybody for tuning in today. I see viewers already tuning in. Okay, Shout okay. out to all you. Shout out to Sammy Tucson. Shout out to everyone that's been supporting the movement. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting the Diaper Drive. Everyone that's been giving donations. Shout out to Judith. I see you watching right now. Yes, yes. We thank everyone that's been giving donations to the Diaper Drive. So far, we've raised $535. The diaper drive will be in exactly two weeks, three weeks from now. Yes, yes, but we're going to talk more about that. You know, we want to plan something, right? We want to make sure we get the funds and everything. We're going to be good. We're going to talk. <laughs> okay. Um, shout out to Judith. The Franco-Haitian Youth Federation is having an open mic. I believe that's August, what is it, 16? Yeah, I believe so. August 16. And special announcement. August 14, that will be the second Sabbath of August. I myself will be preaching. We have special guest singers coming through. I don't want to say who yet, but it's a secret. But we're going to promote that, and we hope that you guys come out and support us. Absolutely. Shout out to Franco-Haitian Youth Federation. Yes. Shout out to everybody that's been watching us. Definitely, definitely, definitely. want to shout out everybody who's coming online as well. We appreciate you guys. Before we begin, if there's any questions, oh, it's August 5th, excuse me. August 5th, that event is going to happen. If there's any questions you guys want to ask us, please ask us. We definitely want to talk to you and bond at this time. Forgive me, Ricardo, as you're saying. I'm sorry, bro. No, I'll say it's going to be at August 5th at Shiloh Bilingual Church. Yes. That's the open mic for the Franco Haitian Youth Federation hosted by Judith. Um, I'll also like to shout out our sponsor, John Webbs, um, from John Webb Designs. That's located in Brooklyn, New York at 637 Wilson Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. He provides indies with web design, logo design, web marketing, and any things of that sort. And um, advertisement as well. Shout out to John Web Designs. We also want to also want to give a shout out to Tracy Wright McCullum. She is a licensed real estate. Um, she's looking for landlords seeking to sell or rent. If anybody who's seeking to sell or rent, get to me or get to Ricard ASAP. We got the hookup for you and everything like that. So I want to give a shout out. To my sister. Any special shouts you want to give out, Agla, before we start? Yes. Nah, it's all good. It's all good. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> so, today's episode. So, today's episode, we're going to pick up from where we left off last week mm -hmm. because several viewers asked us this question. They asked us, what made us give our life to Christ as young black men and what made us change our lives? in order to be so positive and to be leaders within the community. So I told them that because we had ran out of time last week, we would continue with that and answer that question this week. So today we're going to answer it. So who would like to start? Um, I can start a first. I can start a first. Um, like I said, you guys can ask us any questions. We definitely would love to answer you because, you know, it's a dialogue. We're building with you. We're here to inspire you and to encourage you. What I want to basically say is this, is a lot of times we see people's glory, but we don't see their story. Um, we see them on their, on their high, um, on, their, when it, when, on their high when it comes to spirituality, but we don't understand the experiences and the struggles and the turmoils that they had to go through and everything like that. For me per se, I grew up in Brooklyn, I was raised in Brooklyn, I was born and raised in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, and for me, I was into rapping. Um, Ricardo could tell you that because he used to see me every Friday doing Freestyle Friday in Canarsie. That's so crazy <laughs> <laughs> to me because everything happens. Nothing happens by coincidence, by accidents. Everything happens by orchestration by God. But, you know, I was into rapping. I was into, into going to parties and stuff like that. Not saying that it's wrong to have, like, you know, if Ricardo has a birthday or you have a birthday, we celebrate your birthday and stuff like that. But I was into, you know, partying Friday nights, breaking the Sabbath. That's right. You feel me? Then going to church Saturday morning, not in tune with church, bored, not wanted to get, when I was not, I was not enthusiastic about the things of God. I was out of five for the things of God. 
So for me, I gave my life to God. Um, I was baptized my freshman year in high school, but I converted to God solely by my junior year, senior year of high school. And for me, what it took for me was um, a lot of my boys that were involved. Did she say something? Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm gonna make sure. I wanna make sure we answer. For me, I, like I said, for me, you know, growing up in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, during the time, um, the early 2000, early, late 90, late 90s, um, you know, you see a lot of our young black men involved involving drug activity in a very young age, involving gang activity in a very young age, putting in that work in a very young age, um, you know, getting involved in murder in a very young age, um, just seeing that and experiencing that. Um, also seeing um, just the reality of sisters getting caught up, um, having four, four to five, six different kids from four or five different men, um, just seeing the cycle over and over and over and over again. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from this experience, I'm not speaking to talk down, I'm not speaking to look down, because I was there, I was born in the hood, I was raised in the hood, I seen a lot of things, but for me, I just didn't want to get revolved in the cycle. So I buried 20 friends one summer, back to back, from gun violence, and for me, enough was just enough. That's what converted me to God. And for me, ever since I gave my life to God, I gave God a try, gave God a chance, it has not been the same. Um, with that being said, it has touched a lot of people, it has impacted a lot of people, it has inspired a lot of people, it has motivated a lot of people in my neighborhood to just be the light and to show the light to them. And for me, I don't look down on my boys who smoke weed. I don't look down on my boys who are involved in gang activity. I don't, I don't look down on my boys who are involved in anything. I'm all about just lifting, inspiring, and motivating them. So for me, that's my conversion story in a nutshell. And I wanna just inspire each one of you guys who has given your life to God. Tell people your story. Um, before they see your glory. Because a lot of times they see the light, but they don't see what it took for you to go to the light. So I want to just inspire you guys, anybody who lives in the hood, anybody who lives in the block, anybody who lives in the trenches, where the wolves and the hyenas be at, show your light, show the love of God. Don't look at down on those who are struggling, who are dealing with different sins from you. Pick them up, lift them up, show them the love of Jesus Christ. And that's what I wanted to tell you in a nutshell. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Who's next? <laughs> I got gotcha. you. So the question is what made, what made you give your life to Christ? Basically? Yeah. Like, so basically like any other kid that grows up in a church household, you know, you're born into it really, but you don't really understand it fully. But like just growing up and having all the experiences that I've been having, like say things such as when my life was in danger or I feel like I've been a, a bind or a corner and a rock in a hard place, you know, I've never seen the power of prayer fail me yet. And having those experiences, I, if I stand here and say, oh, I don't believe in God, that'll make me a liar because mm. seeing is believing and I've seen it with my own eyes and I've been through my own experiences. But of course, you know, still growing, you know, listening to Sanders' story just now and like, I make music myself, I rap too, and I always put in my music because, you know, I have a song, it's called Sins of the Sun, because even though, you know, I am Christian, and, you know, I believe in God fully, but I, I, I'm human, I still make mistakes, I still slip up, and I put in there, you know, uh, I know the way I'm living isn't right, sometimes I go out and commit sins every night, Lord, please forgive me, mm. you know, every day is a struggle and I fight, but I pray that I never lose your light, because I know once God give up on me, I'll be dead, Wow. But he hasn't given up on me yet. And that's what I'm so happy about because I'm still here. So it gives me the courage and it gives me the power to still keep going and trying every day because if he hasn't given up on me, I can't give up on him. Wow. So, you know, everybody's, you know, they could see you from the outside. They, oh, man, you're doing real well for yourself. You got this, you got this nice job. You got this nice car. Like, you know, that's not where I started. I always know the story of where my parents came from. I still remember growing up as a kid with us having nothing, walking around with no shoes or flip-flops, wow. all me, my brothers, and my sisters sharing one room and everything like that. And, you know, we just 
you know, we grinded, we worked hard, we prayed, we stayed consistent, went to church, and, you know, we just watched things happen as life go on. And, you know, thank God we're in the position that we're in today. But, you know, you know, you got these nice suits, you got these nice suits, but we didn't have that growing up. Our parents probably got us these little big suits so it could last five, ten years because Facts. they didn't have money. Exactly. Buying things from Bobby. Yeah, now we I can testify. Now we getting our own suits, you know, yeah. and getting our own stuff. But like that's where it comes to, and everything's still hard, you know. Even work, you know. Um, this job, like when I first got it, even my last job too. Like the hardest thing is, you know, trying to get Saturdays off because you know wherever you go, they, they try, they never take church seriously. They always like, oh, you know, it's this type of job, you know. What, what if this happened? You still got to come in like, oh, well, you know, this is my religion. This is what I believe in. This is my faith. This is who I am. Like, I'm coming to you as, you You obviously wanted to hire me for who I am, and now you want to change who I am once I got here. That makes no sense. You feel me? So, you know, like, every time I pray, and it always, you know, came through, you know, I've never had to, you know, work on a Saturday or a Friday night mm -hmm. because, you know, it just started working out. And if it came down to a job that tried to make that happen, you know, that's not the job for me, and God gave me something better, and he's been giving me better things since because, you know, he's just always there for me, so I can't, you know, stand here and act like, or sit here and act like that hasn't had a lasting impact on who I am or on my soul, so, you know, I'm still growing, I'm still learning, but at the end of the day, you know, my faith in God never wavered because of it, and, and you know, that's why. That's real. If there's any questions, any amen, comments, amen. definitely. Wow, that's powerful. Amazing. I'm inspired. Um... My story is a long one, unfortunately. Um, you can say the best story in the Bible that compares to mine is, is the prodigal son, where like we came from Haiti to America and we struggled and my parents worked hard. But then at certain times in my life, I was lost in the world. As in when I got older, I guess, it's like, it's like what Nas said, my parents stressed in college, but my thirst for knowledge couldn't elude my empty wallets. Mm. So I was seeing everybody getting fly, I was seeing everybody getting money, I was seeing everybody getting sneakers and all that. And everybody knowing high school and junior high, like that's the cool thing. Get Jordans, get Timberlands, get fly, get girls. And I was like, I gotta get this money. So I caught myself doing those things and with the money came the women, then with the women came the envy. Like I remember having like so much clothes. I had so much polo shirts and this and that. I used to take pictures and I was with this girl. She was all about taking pictures and clothes, but the love was empty. It was more just for show. Wow. And it's like, I ended up getting caught up. I remember like I even had a chain. And then like, it was one point in life that I ended up getting caught up and I was incarcerated for a little bit. Mm. And when I lost my job, like I went through a lot, then I ended up losing the girl that I was with, then I went through a lot with that. Wow. Like I went through a, a, a depression. Ironically, I went through that depression during the recession. <laughs> so for three years, I didn't work. And for those three years, like I sat back and I looked, I seen a lot of things change. During that time I got into a lot of fights, like even people who I thought were my friends, like they left me in the streets to die, literally. Like, I remember I got knocked unconscious one time in the streets, and then no one was there when I came back. I see my quote-unquote friends coming back from the corner store talking about they went to the store while I was getting jumped. I remember I almost got murdered on my 21st birthday. Somebody, like, followed us, me and my girlfriend at the time, for four blocks. They pulled out a gun. I remember people threatening my life, saying that they put money on my head. Like, I went through all those things, and I felt like, it was because I was wrestling with God so much. Like, I was too caught up in the things of the world. Like, I'll be in these pictures with these expensive clothes every week during the Sabbaths, Friday nights, I used to be in a club popping bottles, taking pictures, you know, being in the light, being in VIP, thinking that that's the life, like trying to be like a rapper almost. But I lost myself in that, I lost myself. And after every night, when the women were gone, the music was off, the liquor, was done, I would sit there depressed because everybody was gone and I was still left there by myself feeling empty, feeling empty inside. And it took me a long time. It took me a long time to like, I guess, man up and to realize the things that I was doing wasn't gonna be anything to my benefit. Mm. 
And it's like what the Bible said, what is it to gain the world and lose yourself? Because I gained the world, but I lost myself. Like I had the clothes, I had the shoes, I had the women, I had the cars. But then I lost myself. And I was spiritually empty, I was mentally broken. And then, like I had to deal with a lot of things. Like I suffered from post-traumatic stress from a lot of the situations that I went through. And I felt like if I was living clean, I wouldn't have to deal with those situations. I want to thank one of the pastors like, this was the first pastor that didn't give up on me. Like, they say idols eventually become rivals, but he was the only pastor that didn't look down on me, and that's Pastor Wilfred, because Pastor Wilfred was like, he saw the leadership in me, and he did not let his personal emotions or legalism get in the way. So he was the first one that let me preach, and from him giving me that mic, I spoke, and when I spoke, I shared the video, and it was received by thousands of people. And when it was received by thousands of people, those people listened to my sermon and it was shared over and over and over and over again. And then I preached again and then people that I knew from the streets, people that I knew from school, people that I knew from work, they would all come to my sermons. And like, everybody know the old la la, what you say, it used to be empty. But, I remember. But then when I used to preach, it would be full. Like, I remember you came to one of the sermons. and I, I want to just cut back. I want to just pause right here. The thing is that you see, you see, and, and, I, and I appreciate this because it's, it's really touching because you, you, you struck a nerve with depression and suicide. And we're going to get into that. But I want to just say that, you know, when I would see you guys, um, you, know, you, know, you know, for our walk, we wasn't in tune. But I, I thank God that I was able to inspire you guys to lay a seed. You know what I'm saying? Because when I was invited to your church, they said to me, oh, you sure you want to come in? I'm like, yeah, I want to come in. I don't care. I don't care if it has five people. I don't care if 10 people, 20 people. I don't care if it has roaches. I'm going to go in regardless. And you know what I'm saying? When you plant seeds and you inspire people and you give people a chance, look, you know what I'm saying? Look, you guys are doing some big, big things for God. I mean, it's, it's just amazing and remarkable. You know what I'm saying? But continue, bro. Yeah, and from there, after my two sermons, like, people would come and they'll be inspired by the story because this isn't made up. This is a life that I actually lived, you know? Some things I can't even go into details with, like, shout out to my boy Gutter. He always tells me, Rick, there's certain statute of limitations that don't end on certain things. <laughs> he always tells me that. So, so like, like, I remember, man, I remember, like, my friends getting killed, I remember my friends dying, I remember my friends getting locked up, I remember having to send packages to jail, getting letters from jail, sending money through JPay, I remember all those things, you know? And it's like what Meek said, when you the one on top, you the one that's paying for people's bills, you the one that's paying for people's funerals. And I remember, and he said, what happens when you can't pay for that anymore? Then what? I know exactly what happens when you can't pay for that no more. They say F you, they turn it back on you, they call you a snake. And I experienced those things. So like, when I started preaching in the church, everybody seen how much I changed. The people that knew me from different lights, like they seen how much I changed. And like, a lot of them say that they're proud of the change that I've made in my life, and they're proud to call me a friend. Because not only was I able to change myself, but I was able to change other people around me and be an influence to them. And from that, I became youth leader, eventually AY leader. Then I guess more people started to see what I was doing, I became the associate chaplain for the Franco-Haitian Youth Federation. I met the mayor, I was able to speak on behalf of my whole entire company. I was acknowledged by the president. I spoke to him about the violence that black men was going through during his presidency and the changes that he had, that I felt like he had to make. He referred me to the Big Brothers program. And I continued to be a beacon. And even now with this show where I'm able to work with Brother Sanders Camo and other youth that I invite to the show that I give everybody a platform to speak on. And it's an open platform to everybody, anybody that's willing to listen. And I felt like I couldn't just give two sermons a year, you know? Like, yeah, it's watched by thousands of people, but there's people that want more than just that. They want to interact with certain people. Like, the difference between this generation and the old generation is this generation is more transparent. If they see that you're faking or if you're a fraud, like, they will see that automatically. And I feel like we have to be more honest with them and we have to be more honest with ourselves. In regards to everything else, I feel like only Christ could save us, you know? Like, no drug that we could do 
could really help us escape from our problems. That's a temporary escape. Liquor only poisons the body and it numbs and it numbs us from the pain, but that pain will still be there. That's right. And a lot of us we run and we hide from our real problems instead of tackling our problems and it hurts us, you know? And we gotta understand that don't only preach and talk about certain things, be a living testament to God's glory, you know? Because there's a few times I could have died, like literally could have died. But like my mother said, God's broken a lot of caskets and God has that power. You know, ask, ask him and it shall be given unto you. And I think we as leaders, the three of us and all of you that are watching, I'm pretty sure you guys are leaders in your own rights, we could all make a change, you know? Like we didn't expect this show to be anything in the beginning, but look at what's become and it's sparking that that voice by the word, by saying what is real. And I'm just happy God is using us to do that. That's real, that's real. There's any comments, any questions you guys can write down and everything. That's real. That's real. Um that's real. But say something, I'm sorry. Oh now I was just saying, um, you know that. My man Chad, what's up, Chad? Every day we live. Chat, say what's up, Chad, to the people. Come here real quick. Say what's up, my man. Say what's up real quick. Say what's up to the people. About, my man's the hype man, but say, say what's up. We got Brother Charlie in the studio with us today. Yeah, what's up, y'all? What's up? to Christ, what made the change come in our lives? Do you have a story like that? Trials and tribulations, just like I said. That's what, that's, what, that's what did it. Like I saw something on Facebook. She was like, I got cancer. And the first person, the first person she went to, she said, can you pray for me? She went to the world and said, can you pray for me? I want 1,000 prayers. Mm. Not from one person, but from everyone. Mm. And I did that for her. And like I think I shared it. No, I didn't. But like, when you go through trials and tribulation, when you go through struggles, you immediately go to Christ and you get stronger with him. Amen. And that's what it does. That's what trials and tribulation does. And it's a beautiful thing. There's beauty in the brokenness. There's yeah, beauty, of course. There's beauty in, in the struggle. There's yeah. beauty in the struggle. There has to be. Pressure make diamonds. That's true. Now you got the seat back. You got a suit on, bro. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. You got a suit on. <laughs> My man, Chad. Every day we live, baby. Every day we live. Shout out to Chad for coming to the studio. Yeah, we appreciate us. that. Like I always say, you guys are always welcome to come in live and watch us live at home, or you could come in person and guest star whenever Definitely. you contact me or contact Brother Sanders and let us. And we need a woman host. What's up? We need a woman host to talk to the sisters and inspire the sisters and everything like that. I think AJ was about to say something. Go, Go ahead. ahead, bro. I'm sorry, bro. Nah, nah, I was just saying before, like, I agree, you know, with everything everybody was saying about, you know, definitely with the trials and tribulations, definitely with the life-threatening situations that you could go through, man. I remember, what was it, like, 2012, got my first car. Oh, that car was nice. It was a two-door car, coupe. It was a Toyota Celica, 2002, but everybody kept thinking it was, like, newer than that, had dark tints, 5%. I was a hot boy. I was riding around in that car, and then like, man, I was, I felt like I was like the freshest dude in the world. And like, I had the stripes, GT on the hood, everything. And then so like, one night, New Year's Eve night, me and my boys, like, we like, all right, we, all right, so we gonna bring a New Year's, great. We gonna, we gonna, we gonna hop in the car, we gonna go to the club, we gonna, we gonna get lit, it's New Year's. All right, so, so, you know, me and my boy in one car, and then my other boy driving his car with a couple other friends, and we going, and we get on the Belt Parkway, and then so, I'm following behind, my boy, and then I just see him, you know, he switched lanes, we was in the far right lane, he switched into the middle lane, and I'm like, oh, why he switched to this lane, you know, it's three lanes, and but I didn't know that, I guess that the road was, with one of those roads where the right lane ends, and it becomes two lanes, so it closed, and then I saw that last minute, so I was like, all right, let me jump into the left lane real quick, and I guess that jerk just caused the wheel to start spinning all the way to the left, now I'm like, damn, this is crazy, I, I'm looking, it looks like I'm about to run right into the divider, so I start, Spinning my wheel to the right, and before I knew it, the car spinning out. Now the car spinning out, and 
And it, everything slowed down. I went slow motion. I look at my boy right next to him like, yo, is this happening right now? And I look forward, and my car just spinning, spinning, spinning. And it, boom. And I went right into the side of the road where it had all the, the rocks and twigs and dirt and everything. And it looked like I was going into the water. I thought I was going into the water right then and there. I was like, man, this is crazy. But then I don't know what happened. Something stopped my car. And then I just stopped. And then I get out, and I look. We hit, like, one of those those the big wooden poles that, I guess, hold, like, wires or whatever. And then, and then so I'm like, I look at my friend, I'm like, yo, you good? He's like, I'm good. I'm like, I'm good. So since we're fine, I think, all right, nothing's wrong. I get out, and my car looks crazy, like total type crazy. And it was a low car, too, so I can understand why the bottom would get messed up, but the sides, the back, the front, everything, the, the bumpers hanging off, the back bumpers hanging off the front. I'm like, man, this is crazy. And then, and then so I had to call my brother to come through so we could get a tow truck and everything, and then, you know, I had to get towed back to the crib. So the night was over from there. And then I didn't know how bad the car was until the insurance people came in and said, it's a 95% total car. Like, I don't even know how you survive. I'm like, that's, that's crazy. So basically the car was done, but I was good. And I, so I just knew like, by the grace of God, I was saved that night, and it was me and my boy. And then we just, it just wasn't meant to be. Where we weren't meant to be in that spot. We weren't meant to be going there to begin with. So maybe if we went there, something even worse probably would've happened, who knows? But you know, that experience happened and then we walked out of it with no scratches, no nothing, no injuries, didn't have to go to no, and the car was spinning out, and it's crazy how the car spinning out on the highway, but we didn't hit any other car. So, so that was the crazy part about it, but I saw cars oncoming and everything. So things like that just makes you think that, you know, there's definitely a higher power there watching over you, watching your back, and you know, that covers you in a shroud of, 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 of exactly that, that protects you and that can't be pierced by, by nothing on this earth, so. I basically want to just thank you for that testimony. Um, I also want to just say, you know, because um, Ricard was talking about depression and talking about, you know, just going through things internally and everything like that. And basically, um, I just want to just in, in encourage each and every one of you guys because, you know, this week, um, you know, um, last week we lost one of our own, one of our young people on our own, um, who committed suicide, um, Henry. And I wanna just talk about that for a second because I've, I've met Henry and I've known Henry and I will call Henry, rest in peace, time to time and check on him and see how he's doing and everything like that. And he told me, you know, he was a fly, getting money, good looking guy, was with my home girl and um, he told me he had his demons. He felt comfortable to tell me that he had his demons. He told me he struggled with low self-esteem. He told me he struggled with depression. Um, he told me that um, unfortunately our churches don't know how to truly embrace our young people and empower our young people and really um, um, be accountable for our young people. And I know, I, when he was talking to me, I didn't, I didn't get the mind frame of, listen, I'm gonna kill myself. But I did know, he did confide in me, he did tell me, he did struggle with low self-esteem, he did struggle with depression, and um, I invited him to church, and the times I invited him to church, he would tell me yes, then he would tell me no, but I didn't give up on him though because I know that he was keeping it real with me and everything like that. And I just wanted to say, um, I don't want to just get into details because I know right now um, our community is going through by the laws. I want to just say to our community that we have to really learn to be accountable for one another. You know what I'm saying? And people have to feel comfortable to say, listen, my brother, I'm dealing with this. My sister, I'm dealing with this. And people can confide in us. So I would just recommend, because you know, people are going through it. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, oh boy, look good, getting money, but you know, he wanted to be filled. He wanted his relationship with Jesus to be solidified and he felt that he was empty. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to just encourage each and every one of us that we need to stop. And that's why I like Ricard, I respect Ricard because he keeps it real, you know what I'm saying? He keeps it 100. And we need more of that 
people to keep it 100, to keep it honest, to be transparent, to let people know, like, it's okay, you're struggling with depression. It's okay, you got this issue. It's okay, you got that issue. You know, but we gotta hold each other accountable. We gotta, we gotta encourage each other. We gotta build one another. We gotta be more family oriented because there's a lot of people, they look nice, they got it, but inside, they, they gonna do it. They really, really gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, and you know, not only just we need prayer, we need people, you know, professionals, clinical psychologists, because depression is real, you know what I'm saying? Uh, mental issues is real. I know for some Haitians, we call it voodoo. <laughs> you feel me? Uh, I understand, you know, voodoo's voodoo, but this situation where people are really battling with personal, chronic, mental issues day to day. And I'm just encouraging you guys, we gotta be accountable for one another, we gotta support each other, we gotta encourage each other, and we gotta be more family oriented, which is very, very, very essential. So I wanna just encourage you guys, to, to all you guys who are listening. I remember one night when I used to work in Jersey, I was coming home one day um, from Jersey, and the L train wasn't working, it stopped at Broad Junction, so I called a friend to come pick me up. And, well, he didn't tell me at the time, but he told me afterwards, during that time, he was dealing with a lot mentally. Like, he, as he described it, there was a lot going on in his head. As in, like, he had situations with his family, situations with everything else, there was a lot on his mind. So, we drove for two blocks, and after those two blocks, he drove full speed into the back of another car, with me in the car, and that car had another car, so it was a three-car collision. Um, my seat, my airbag didn't deploy, so I hit the dash. So from so to stop my face from breaking against the, the dash or the glass, I used my hands. So I tore the ligament in my shoulder. I hit both my knees on the dash, so I tore both ligaments in my knees. I tore my meniscus, um, my MCL, and the, and I tore a ligament in my ankle. I had cervical spine and lumbar spine injuries. And I also suffered from post-traumatic stress from that. Like for two years, I couldn't drive. I couldn't be in a car with someone else driving because wow. I suffered from post-traumatic stress. And so I did physical therapy for a year and a half and I did mental therapy for nine months. Mm. I remember the first time I left um, the therapist's office, she was talking to me about everything that happened and she asked me how I felt. Ironically, she was the first person that actually asked me how I felt about the whole situation because some people even told me that it's my fault that the car crashed, that I should have did more to stop him. Wow. And that you bothered me like, you don't know. and that bothered me because I was the passenger. What else could I do? People was like, oh, you should have pulled the handbrakes. You should have did this, you should have did that. I did not even think that he was really gonna sure. hit the car. Like, why, why would I think that? Like, it didn't make any sense. But the therapist like, how did it make me feel? I said, it made me feel upset. Like I was angry. Like my first thought was to retaliate and make him feel the pain the same way I felt that pain. Sure. But then like, when I thought about it, and I prayed on this for a long, long time, and then the result was, for him to deal, for him to do that, the pain that I'm feeling physically is nothing compared to the pain that he must have been going through mentally. That's true. And that's how I found it in myself to forgive him. And I remember on my way back from the therapist, I cried from, the therapist was like in like Bay Ridge. So from Bay Ridge to Canarsie, I cried that whole way home. And that's how I got over that pain. Cause I felt that pain for so long, for so long. Like even now, sometimes if I lift something or maybe if I sit for too long with, I do a little bit too much exercise, I still feel that pain that reminds me of wow. that day. Wow. And there's a lot of people that carry scars that you could never see. Yeah. And like, you see, at least, I was able to go to a therapist and speak mm -hmm. to a therapist. A lot of people like, like they'll even be ashamed to admit that they spoke to a therapist. Some That's people true. wouldn't even have the heart to go and speak to a therapist, you know? Mm -hmm. And by me talking about it, it's another form of therapy. Like whenever I take the mic, I take the cross, literally like I put myself on the stand. I tell people my sins and, yeah. and my trials, my tribulations, the things that I went through because I know there's people that's going through it that don't have the voice or they don't, have the nerve yet to say about how they feel. So you see this episode where it's even supposed to be about this, but that's what it is. And I feel like a lot of people is going through this situation. Yep. Somebody said, 
there's a stigma. And there is a stigma. There is a stigma. There is a stigma, there is a stigma. attached to it. People are going to think that you're crazy. People are going to think that you're sick. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, oh, get away from me and stuff of that nature. Oh, sometimes, too, like I know with my ex, because like, you could tell something was there, too. She's like, oh, there's this days I don't even want to get up. You know, you got to look for those signs. Like, I don't even want to get up out of bed. I just feel like, you know, I don't want to do anything. I don't, there's nothing I, I'm passionate about. And, you know, for her and her family, the mother will be like, oh, but you're just lazy. You know, you don't want to do nothing because you're lazy. It's not that you, she's lazy, but something is going on up there. That's making her feel like, what? Is, what am I here for? Like, what, like, what's my purpose? But like, you know, some some people in our community, you know, they, they say like they look at they look at that and be like, no, this person is lazy. No, they just they, they just grew up the wrong way, or they just don't want to do that. They don't want to do this. But it's just something up there that's like, it's maybe they don't have that love or that, or maybe they don't have that type of foundation or or that that Christ love inside of them that they feel like, man, I don't have a purpose. I don't know what I'm doing here. Why why should I even get up today? Like 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 why did I even have to open my eyes? You feel me? But like you did for a reason, but they just don't know that reason yet. And they struggle with that because of the things that they come from. And then, you know, that, that stigma of people just telling them, well, then just go and do something. Just if you don't want to do anything. And that's why you feel that way, because you're not doing anything else. So you feel like this. Oh, cause, cause, so you're just lazy in the standard third. So, you know, people just start hiding it because they don't want to get ridiculed. They don't want to get labeled. They don't want to get bashed. So they just deal with it internally. And then, like, sometimes they do tell other people, and, like, those people just aren't equipped to handle that. You know, they could tell, it could be a 14, 15-year-old. They tell their friends, what another 14, 15-year-old going to do sometimes, you know? They probably just going to laugh. You know, they, they probably just laugh, or they keep quiet. They could, laugh, they could listen, like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. I, you could talk to me, but, you know, they, that's the extent of what they could really do. You know, they, they can't really get real help sometimes. But, like, you know, as you get older, you got to learn, you know, to really find that, that real source of help that can really help you out and do something and encourage you and show you that, you know, you are here for a reason, you are loved, you do have a purpose, and, you know, there's more to life than what's, what we see on television or on social media, whatever, sure. that, that you think might think that you don't have, that you're missing, and because you don't have that, you're feeling the way you are. Some people try to use things to fill voids. You know, they, uh, you know, you could use it as, you know, oh, man, I, I want this person, this person has somebody, they look happy, they got a boyfriend, girlfriend, I want that too, they got this car, they look happy, I don't got that, damn, that's why I'm not happy. Yo, they got this money, I don't got that money, that's probably why I'm not happy. They got long hair, I don't got long hair, that's probably, and, and that's not it. You get sometimes all, they get all of that and they're still not yeah, happy. Still not happy, facts. Exactly. And then like they get all that, and then when they lose it, they end up worse than they were before because they put so much value in those things and they didn't help, and they end up losing it. And then now it's like, dang, now, that's why a lot of people commit suicide, a lot of famous people, people are like, why they, why they commit suicide? Because they get everything and it don't matter. Just like the guy the other day from um, Lincoln Park. Park. Lincoln Park, he yep. committed suicide. And the whole time his wife was having sex with his best friend that was in the bed with him. Like, oh. Like, I knew this kid, like, he used to go, this kid used to go to our church, and and he used to always go outside and just stand outside. Like, he used to just stand outside by himself. He used to sit there by himself. And I knew what he was going through because I used to do it. Like, I used to go to the roof of the church, and I used to just stand there. He used to just stand there because... I did not feel comfortable in that church at that time. Like, even though it was a place that I could go for peace, at that time there wasn't peace. So when I used to see him doing it, I, I understood, but I never really asked him. Then one day I asked him, I said, yo, like, do you suffer from depression? And he was like, yeah, I suffer from depression. Like, it's bad. Like, sometimes I want to kill myself. Sometimes I don't want to live. Sometimes I don't want to do nothing. I said, do you ever talk to anybody about it? He said, no one want to talk to. I can't really talk about my mom. Like, she's a religious fanatic. She doesn't even believe in those kind of things. And she's probably going to think I'm crazy, this and that. She blames me for everything that goes on with the family and everything else that's going on. And I got to deal with it. And then he was like, he was like, she doesn't understand, like, the pain that it's putting me through. And it came to the point where, like, no one was really helping him. So he just stopped coming to church. Like, he stopped coming to church. And to fill that void, he just moved away. He started to work like a few jobs in order for him to like don't have to deal with it. And till till today, he told me he still deals with it. But the only thing he could really do now is to just pray and like ask God for like forgiveness because he does understand like the things that he did as a result of his depression. But like he also understands that he's human. And I feel like if we had more support systems, then it'll be better. That's right. Like, there's a lot of people, like, they don't even know where to get support for mental health. That's right. 
and like issues with mental health, it causes other issues. Like say for example, a parent died. So a parent died, you did not you did not speak to anyone about that or you did not like exercise that trauma, that that trauma stays with you and it stays with you and it stays with you. And it creates a dark cloud around you. That's so, right. So you deal with that in everyday life and you might react to certain people in a certain way or you might lash out at certain people and then it might have a negative effect on them but they don't know what you what it is that you're going through and you don't even have the heart to tell them sometimes because it hurts you so much. You understand? And like some people, like they're afraid to go and speak to someone, like they're afraid to go speak to a psychologist or a therapist or even a pastor. Some people don't even trust their pastors sometimes to go speak to them about that. And that's the sad part. And as a result of them dealing with the depression, some of them turn to drugs, alcohol, so some of them and turn to sex, they're having sex with a lot of different people trying to fill that void of emptiness. And, and I feel like it's hurting us. It's hurting a lot of us, especially the youth, because a lot of youth deal with this nowadays. Like, a lot of people, like, they don't want to believe in depression. They don't want to believe in anxiety. They don't want to believe that we deal from post-traumatic stress. It's not only soldiers that go to Iraq and come back that deal with post-traumatic stress. It's people that's in the hood that deal with it. If you see somebody get shot in front of you, that's going to deal with you. I remember when I was younger, it was this guy, he got shot in the backyard next to mine. I remember this like it was yesterday when the shot rang, my whole eardrum bust. Like, it, it was ringing for long. And then they picked up his body and they dragged his body from their backyard and dropped it in front of my front yard. And then they called the cops and said that I was the one that shot him. So the cops came to my door. Cops was coming to my door every day every day asking for statements. I'm like, yo, like, I don't know what's going on. Then the same people that shot him said that I was the one that was snitching. Mind you, I didn't even know what was going on, bro. And then I remember seeing him laying down on the ground. I thought he was dead. And my first reaction was anger. So I punched a hole through the wall and I started crying. Like, I was crying out of anger. And like, I felt like out of everybody on that block who harm could have came to, I felt like he was one of the people that didn't cause trouble on that block like that. Like, he just went about his business and whatnot, but he wasn't really a troublemaker. So I felt sorry for him. But that was a traumatic event for me, you know? And I went through a lot of different traumatic events. Now, I know there's a lot of other people that go through traumatic events where they see, like, like there, 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 there's a lot of women that got raped, sometimes by their own family members, and they got to deal with it. And they don't even admit to that. Like, there's people in our church like that. And, and every church probably... And there's people that deal with violence in the home, like domestic violence, there's people get abused, there's people that's dealing with a lot of trauma, there's kids that got robbed before at gunpoint, there's kids that deal with a lot of different things and there's no outlet for them to really express that. Pause, um, as he just came, what's your name, my man? What made you come here, man? I wanna salute you for coming out, man. I wanna appreciate you, you hear me? Hope you were blessed by what my man said. You were blessed by what my man said? Yeah, I appreciate you. Just now going to the chicken place. I was in my apartment. Wow. Wow. Kid you not. Right now, I'm going through so much, but it's just, for the grace of God, I'm still here. Not in jail, not in Amen, man. Amen. We pray for you, man. We pray for you. And like I said, anytime you want to come to church with us, let us know, bro. Yeah. Um, I go to Hebron for now. I'm starting my church next month. But if you go, you wait for him to come to his church. He's speaking. I'm and speaking August 14th. You could come out. It's located at 920 Park Place, and Park Place, and that's in Brooklyn, New York. Um, you could take the C or A train to Nostrand Avenue and walk to 920 Park Place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's in that big old building. That's a school. Yeah, right there. So you can come through. It's gonna be in English. I'ma preach. You know. So come out and support. Invite your friends. And I know all about depression. All right, yeah, man. Man, be it's encouraged, man. It. It's real. I just started talking about it. Talking about it. It's hard to talk about. Let me tell you something. I've been dealing with it for about 40 years. I'm going to be 48. I've been dealing with it since I was like 19 years old. You see, he I'm said. Nah, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm going to just repeat like, what you said, if you don't like, mind. Yeah, it's like that your body was shut down. Mm -hmm. And the only thing you want to do is just stay in the house. And when uh, you don't want to go nowhere, you don't want to take a shower, you don't want to do anything. 
and it's, I just started talking about this in my life. Mm. And I'm the type of person who will never miss work, miss out of work. But when that depression hits you, mm. it's it. Mm. And, and it's like your body shut down and all that. Mm. My wife, right now, got going to divorce. She couldn't understand that. She used to say I'm bipolar and all, all types of stuff. Mm-hmm. She couldn't understand. She couldn't understand me and whatnot. And after and what was offering, you want to spend money. You're doing this. You're doing you know your your run. It's it's rough and it's and it's for real. And it's like a lot of us blacks yeah. don't want to talk about it or whatnot. And we're suffering so much, right. so much. People turning their back on me. You, oh, you're crazy and all this. But I've been dealing with since what? Since I was 19. I'm 48. I'm telling you, it's from the grace of God that I'm still here. Grace of God that I still, I'm still working. Yeah. You know, I've been through. You know, people see me on my block and be like, "Oh, you guys, you don't know what I'm going inside of me." Yeah. You, you know. Yeah. You just don't know. Right. Right now, kid you not, I was up here. I'm down here now. Yeah. There's ups and lows. I'm talking all the time. You know. He ain't going to give me anything that I can't hold. That I can't handle. That's all I got. Your name is Patrick, right? Yeah. You might have to pray with you real quick? Sure. Let's pray with you right now. We're going to pray with Brother Patrick right now. All right, let's pray with you, man. Father God, in your precious name, Lord, we thank you once more for your grace, your love, and your mercy. We thank you for you being King of kings and Lord of lords. At this time, Father God, I pray, Lord, that you may be with Patrick, Father God. I pray you may heal his mind, his body, and his soul, Father God. I pray what the enemy tried to do in regards to discouraging him, thinking thoughts of suicide, thinking thoughts of low self-esteem, Father God, I pray you may block it in Jesus' name right now, Father God. I pray you make him whole. I pray, Lord, you remind him that he's the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, Father God. Help him to realize, Lord, he's a king in you, Father God. Help him to realize, Father God, you call him to do greater things. You call them with a purpose. You've called them with, 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 not with a purpose, but Father God, help remind them that he has significance. Help him to realize, Father God, that he has substance, Father God. Help him to realize, Father God, Lord, that it's not by accidents or coincidence he is here, Lord God. Wrap him in your arms. Hug him, Father God. Comfort him, Father God. Wipe the tears, Father God. Detox him, Father God. And make him whole, Father God. And Lord God, whatever that it is, help him to let it go. And give it to you that, you. that when you come through for him, Lord, he may give you the glory, the honor, your praise. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 God bless you, my man. Be encouraged, man. Up, man, Stay be up. encouraged, man. God, be encouraged. Wow. Wow, wow. It's real out here. Yeah, man. The Holy Ghost was speaking. My man just came randomly. Wow. Yeah. Only grace of God. We just had a guest. He was walking past um, the studio, and then he seen us talking here he was telling us about how he has dealt with depression throughout his life he said since the age of 19 he's now in his he's now 48 years old he's been dealing with he's been dealing with depression for so long yeah and like even at the present moment like he's going through it and he used to go through a lot of highs and lows and when he was low he would be in the home and he wouldn't be able to like work or do anything he would just stay in bed and then when he was on his highs he would just spend money rapidly, I guess, to fill the void that he was feeling before, and it got to the point that even his wife divorced him because she did not understand that the pain and the struggle that he was going through and the demons that he was dealing with, and we just pray with our brother. You see, the Holy Ghost is working through us right now. This is not this is not coincidence, ladies and gentlemen. Someone just doesn't just walk by and tell us things that he's been dealing with for almost 20 years out of the blue and shares it with us. You know, people are coming to us. The, the the Lord is working through us. And we have to pray and we have to give these people hope and courage. You know, God is working. God is alive, people. God is alive. That's real. That's real. And um, just to add to what to say, like I said, man, you know, um, you know, accountability is key. You know what I'm saying? Um, we have to, as a church, we have to be more transparent, we have to be more loving, we have to be more caring, we have to be more honest, because a lot of times it's like, when you speak the truth it's like it's like a problem but when you speak falsehoods, it's okay and it's not okay we need that, you know, people are really really, really, really 
going through it every day. And I know that the old that we get, we have a lot of responsibilities, we have bills, we have a lot of things in our minds. It's a battle every single day. And we as a church, like I said, we gotta be accountable. We gotta be accountable. We gotta be responsible for each other. We gotta show compassion. We gotta support each other, which is very key and very essential. So I just encourage you, church, guys, let's stop faking the funk. Let's keep it real, man. Let's show the love of God. Let's be accountable for one another, you know what I'm saying? Somebody should be able to say, hey, listen, I'm struggling with low self-esteem. I'm struggling with depression. I'm thinking about killing myself, you know what I'm saying? We need to pray for that person, get that person help, you know what I'm saying? Get them a Christian psychologist. Whatever that we can do to help the person. Hey, listen, let's go to the movies today. Let's take them out today. Yo, it's all about love, man. We need the love, and we need to be real, and we need to be accountable. So, yeah. And if any of you guys out there need prayer, just let us know. Like, we, we could pray with you. Like, you could come and pray with us. We could pray with you in private. We could come see you and pray with you. Like, I know... Yeah, you can inbox me on Facebook or inbox Pastor Sandra Camo or anybody within my youth ministry, even my brother, even Brother Charlie, we can pray with you, you know? We just got to start this conversation. Facts. You know, there's a lot of nonsense that we are free to talk about openly, but the real things everyone is scared to talk about. Mm. <laughs> That's real. That's real. If there's any questions you guys want to ask, you guys can ask it on Facebook Live. Let me check out. Now, but we definitely want to give a shout out to everybody who is joining this live stream. Yeah, we want to just uh, people we, that we, we want to say that we appreciate you guys. You guys have no idea how much it means to us. You know what I'm saying? Over 2,000 views, people are really watching. But like I said, we don't want to, we don't want to just want spectators. We want people to get out their seat and get involved with us. I respect, 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 uh, proves, uh, gotta respect, I, I'm assuming that's your man. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> salute to you, salute to you. You know what I'm saying, we want people to, to, to you know, get out there, because the thing is that we don't do a lot of community service. We don't want to just come here, talk about God, talk about real issues. We want to be able to show the love of God. And I just want to just encourage all the churches in the community, guys, go out there, Serve your community. Serve the people, man. Serve the people. Take one step out of the month and serve your people. People are hurting out here. People are crying out here. People need Jesus. Don't get it twisted. Don't think. Okay, yes, 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 yes. You got your brother on here. He said Don't think for a second that people are not going to be receptive. You know what I'm saying? You might have some people, they may not be receptive, but I'm telling you, if you're giving people like, you know, if you're paying for people's laundry in the community, if you're paying for people's gas in the community, if you're saying, hey, let's come together and let's buy 20 young men's suits, I'm telling you, people will be drawn. People need to see the love of God. It can't just be preaching. You feel me? You got to preach with your life. So I want to just encourage you guys on that. You know, we want you guys to, to come through. Sometimes it just takes something small. Sometimes it just takes hope. So like, I shout to my boy Chris. Chris, Chris not, Chris experienced a stroke a few weeks back. And Chris was telling me when he experienced his stroke, he fell and hit his head. So he had like blood clots in his brain. And so he had to have brain surgery and he was in the hospital. And they thought that he was going to die from his head injuries. And then afterwards, like they thought he was going to he, they thought he would have never walked again. I went to go see Chris a few weeks ago, I think two or three weeks ago. He's currently in the rehab facility. And me and him prayed. And when I came and seen him, I was like, oh, were you surprised to, to see me? He said, no, because you were a man of your word. And you said you was going to come see me, and I knew you was going to come. I was like, thanks, that means a lot. And then he was like, yo, I'm going to walk again. I said, you are, Chris, because you got faith. And then he said, yeah, but I know I'm going to walk again. The doctors are saying they don't know if I'm going to walk, how I'm paralyzed on one side. I'm going to walk. I said, I said, you're going to walk. And then we prayed. And when I prayed, I, I told God, this man got faith, Lord, and he's asking you to help him to walk again. The very next week, he sent me a video of him walking. So sometimes people, 
just need prayer. They just need that. All it takes is one person. Say, for example, a person's about to kill themselves or, or they're going through a, a trial tribulation or they're going through pain or they're going through hurt. All they need is one person. It's almost like you've fallen off a cliff. You only need one hand to grab you and pick you up. Only one hand. I feel like some of us act like we're too busy for that or we're too big for that or, or, or we can't do that. Like me, the way I change myself is every single time I go see a friend with a problem or I hear about somebody going through a problem, I say, let me pray with you. And I hold their hand. If there's two people in the room, we make a circle and we pray. If there's three, four of us, we pray every single time. Because I feel like there's power in prayer. Yes. And I feel like as youth, a lot of us are scared to pray. Even sometimes when we're in church and he calls up to the front for the prayer circle, a lot of us are ashamed to pray. And I don't know why. Like, it's easy for us to talk blasphemy in our minds. It's easy for us to curse. It's easy for us to talk about gossip. It's easy for us to talk about shows that's redundant and have nothing to do with us. It's easy for us to talk about things that are not bettering us or things that are not true. But for us to really speak the truth, for us to preach the gospel, for us to pray for one another, that's almost impossible for a lot of people. I still hear youth till this day that talk about, oh, I can't pray. How can't you pray? All you're doing is closing your eyes and speaking to God. And, and to add to what you're saying, too, it's, you, you don't need to use eloquent speech. God is not looking for SAT words. God is not looking for ACT words. Just you saying, God, help me. God, I need you today. God, guide me. Lead me, direct me. God, I see this girl. Is this the, is this the one for me, Lord? Is, 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 she, um, is she wifey? Or is she a problem seven woman? The harlot. You understand? You know? So, you know, God, um, um, I want to apply for a job today. God, which job you want me to go to? Which school you want me to go to? It's that simple. Meditating. And God is not looking for, 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 for words. He's looking for intent. He's looking for sincerity. He's looking for honesty. And God can work with that. God can work with a sincere, honest, humble person. And, and, and that's what it is. Been quiet lately. Okay. <laughs> He's just taking it in. It's all good. <laughs> I'm mean, just listening to everything, but yeah, you guys are right, man. That's what I, I try to give that advice all the time, especially say to like uh, Max that was going to the, through those issues. I said, you know, what is like what's so hard with just trying to pray? It's like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm like, nah, just try it. And then, you know, you're going to see a difference. And of course, you know, the difference was beginning the show because, you know, some people are afraid to just do that. I, I don't know if it's because they feel like, you know, what if, you know, this doesn't work or maybe they're afraid if it will. But, you know, it's, you got to take that leap of faith. You got to just, just try it sometimes. You got to reach out for help. You got to communicate. You got to, you know, if you're really to that point where you think that, man, this might be the end to my life, then, then why not take that last risk of trying to get as much help as possible, you know, then what is there left to lose besides yourself, you know? So definitely if you can, you know, just take that step, like, hold your eyes, God. I, I need help right now, or watch me, guide me, uh, you know, continue speaking to me, continue, you know, trying to help me get through wherever I'm at in life and everything like that, so. My man said, I guess a lot of young people don't recognize God as an ultimate best friend when you can talk to him about anything. Um, wow. And he said, he's, oh, he always, he's always all ears. Exactly. Yes. Okay. I feel like a lot of youth, they're ashamed almost to pray. They're ashamed to come to church. They're ashamed to give their all to God. And a lot of them is because they don't want to give up their bad habits. They're too stuck in the world and they know, I guess, they know that God is, a, God is an awesome God. And yes. once God starts to come into your heart, he's going to fill your cup. And it says, he not only fills your cup, your cup will run over. So not so God will not only come into your heart, but it will, God will overflow out of your heart and touch the hearts of others around you. I feel like nowadays a lot of us are almost ashamed to come to church, which makes no sense because God is waiting for each one of us. In the book of Revelation and the story of Laodice, it says that God was waiting at the door, waiting for people to open up. Yes. But the people were lukewarm. They weren't hot. They weren't cold. They were lukewarm. And because they were lukewarm, they'll spit out his mouth. Come on. 
Again, Jesus waited all day for a woman at the well. All day. And this is Jesus. Any celebrity that you could think of, Jesus is bigger than that. Any person that you could, any politician you could think of, Jesus is bigger than that. But yet he waited for one person. Just for one person. That's what it's about. And you don't even got to give you all. It said that people were healed by just touching the hem of his garment. So if you could just touch a little bit of him and be healed of your sins, imagine if you take him all the way in. Mm. I remember when I was younger, like, um, the mindset I used to have, like, growing up, like, yo, you know, you know, I got a pretty comfortable life. I got this stuff, you know. Let me not bother God with this prayer of this. Let me not bother God with this prayer for that. You know, I feel like he gave me enough already. I think I can handle this for myself. And that's, like, the wrong mindset to start having. Like, we start getting comfortable as in, like, you know, we don't need God's help anymore. Like, we good, we chilling. You know, I don't need to be, let God go help somebody that's, like, starving or, you know, this, this, that, and third. But no matter where, where you at in life or what you're doing or what's going on, you're always going to need God's help. You're not going to get to the point where you don't need God anymore. And start thinking that way and realizing that way is also going to be the start of your downfall. Because that's what he's going to have to put you in experience to remind you, like, no, I'm still here and because you still need me here and everything like that. So I remember when I was younger, too, like, a, a bunch of things, you know, you, you'd be ashamed to pray for. Like, say you get into a situation where, oh, man, you know, I might have a kid come in or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, things like that where you, like, you're embarrassed to talk about because, you know, especially if you're supposed to be a young Christian kid. You know, you're not supposed to be in a position like that. But, you, but you know, you just got to, sometimes you got to think to yourself, you know what? Let me go somewhere where I feel like I won't be judged. And that's what God is for you. You know, you talk to God, he's not going to judge you about that. You know, you could talk to a gun moon, you know, an older person in your life, and they're like, oh, well, what were you doing? Why were you in this situation? How could you be so dumb and so immature? And it's that third. You know, we, we're all young. We make mistakes. You talk to God. God doesn't judge you. You know, and you, you pray. You help. You, you know, you hope that you come out of the situation unscathed. And, and that's what God's always been doing. He's always been answering these prayers and making sure everything has worked out. And so, like, I've always been all right because of it, and, you know. Anytime I think that, oh, man, I'm about to get lost, I'm about to feel depressed. I remember I was talking, talking about to my brother when I first thought that some situation was going to happen like that. And I was saving up my money. I was like, oh, you know, I'm about to get my first car. And then, like, and then when, when I thought I was about to get into that situation, you know, I started thinking logically, like, man, I guess, you know, i got to use that for responsibilities now and this, that, and third. But I started thinking, like, man, how's my parents going to feel? I'm in my parents' crib. I don't want to, you know, have this responsibility in my parents' crib. Now, I don't have my education yet. I'm going to be looking crazy. You know, I'm thinking about, like, you think about all the worst possible stuff. Oh, man, I might be in, out in the streets. Who knows? You know, I don't, I don't got no education yet. I don't got my own place yet. I don't even have a steady job. Like, I'm working a minimum wage job, $8 an hour, maybe like 16 hours a week, you know. But, you know, and, and you just pray to get some guidance in that situation, and then things end up working out, and then you just like, yo, that's just a testament to, you know, what type of law that you have that he's never going to let you go into, like, fall so far where you're feeling like you can't make it out. And even if, you know, the situation went the other way where, you know, I, I did end up, say, having, having um, you know, a uh, kid or whatever, I still think that I would have been still great off and everything would have worked out just fine because with the Lord by my side, I could make it through any situation. But just something like that, though, you know, I learned that, yo, whatever prayer you have, whatever things you're going through, it's, it's answered and, you know, there's always somebody you have to turn to and talk to when you feel like you can't talk to nobody else. Amen, amen. That's real. Wow. Is there any comments or any questions you guys can answer? We want to also thank everyone who's still coming in the live stream. We really appreciate you. We really admire you guys tremendously. Without you guys, it, this this thing would have happened. Like it's 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 the momentum is building. We need hosts. We're looking for a gorgeous Christian woman host. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you're single, amen, you're going to be good, amen. We're saying it, amen. <laughs> so we're going to give a shout-out to It's a little jokey joke, amen. If there's any questions, any comments, you, you guys can definitely um, 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 answer us and stuff like that. Ask us questions, definitely. Mm. Wow, intense. Yeah, I feel like this conversation was needed. I feel like a lot of people going through this. Um, I have a couple friends that told me that they thought about committing suicide. Yeah. I know people that tried to commit suicide. I know people that like try to like kill themselves and it's not cool, you know? But I'm here for you, you know, if you need me. Brother Sanders is here for you. Definitely, we're here for you. My brother's here for you. Yeah. We all here for you. Whoever needs prayer, just let us know. You don't gotta say it publicly on the live. You could contact us privately. You could talk to us. We're here to pray for you. We 
we know we all deal with different demons, but we all serve a God that has created us and that will never let us go, that has already given his son on the cross. Yes. And the blood of the lamb that was shed on that cross protects us all. You know, regardless of our sins, he can make it white as snow because he is there and he will never let us go. Even when we have given up on him, he's waiting with open arms. Mm. He's waiting at the door for us to welcome him back in. That's right. That's real. And what you think? You think we can close out here? Now, we, we good to, what time is it right now? So, 10 minutes to 9. Okay, okay. We can close. Like I said, um, we just want to just remind you guys, um, Ricard is going to be preaching in two more weeks, three more weeks, right? Three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks and everything like that. Yeah. We want you guys to donate whatever you guys can for the diaper drive. If everybody could just give a dollar or five dollars, that would be very much appreciated. And also, like I said, guys, um, me and Ricard will be doing our first Bible study coming up the end of next month. So we're really excited about that. We support um, Judy. We support the Federation. Let's continue to be accountable for each other. Let's continue to encourage each other. And we love you in the love of God. I don't know anything you want to say. <laughs> uh, I was saying, you know, it was a pleasure to be up here. You know, oh, as bro, a guest, you, you know. Oh, said, oh, said, she said, everything God created said, flips it to the opposite. That is true. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's, no, it's been a pleasure being here uh, talking about this topic, you know. You know, I definitely got more to say. So, you know, if anytime you guys need it. Guess I could try to come through and you know. Oh, we want that. You know, keep the dialogue flowing and stuff. So, you know, definitely, you know. We want it. We definitely want it. Well, we appreciate you guys tremendously. It's an honor to be around these great legends, and we're gonna do some big, big things for the glory of God. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. You know, every Monday, and come through. Come through. Don't be shy. You know what I'm saying? Okay. We're waiting for you guys. And we think. All the guests that watched us live, I see a lot of people tuned in. We thank all the supporters that have been watching us thus far. Shout out to you. Um, shout out to Jordan River SDA Youth Department. Shout out to the Franco Haitian Youth Federation. Shout out to Brother Sanders. Shout out to my brother Aga. Shout out to Brother Charlie for coming out and supporting. Shout out to John Webbs, located at 637 Wilson Avenue. And we thank him again for letting us use his place and for being a sponsor of the show. And like I said, anyone going through a difficult time or anyone that needs prayer, just hit us up and we're here for you. Let's close out with a prayer. I give you a let's pray. Right, um, Father God, like we, we thank you for giving us the opportunity to have this dialogue that needed to be spoken. A lot of people are going through issues right now and they feel like they can't talk to anybody about it. They feel like they can't come to you, Lord, but we're here to through you, through you, Lord, speaking through us to let them know that they do have a place to go. They do have somebody that's always all ears, somebody who's always welcoming with open arms to them, Lord. Uh, please continue to be a guide for us. Please continue to help us be a beacon to the society for us to draw more people in and inspire and continue spreading your word, Lord. Protect us in the streets. Protect us in all our aspects of our lives. Help us to continue. Praise your name. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. We appreciate you guys. Much love, baby. Shout out to all you. We'll see you next week. Next week, Monday around 9.30. Hopefully we start on time. And we thank everybody that's been watching us. Shout out to everybody. And like I always say, if you want to be a guest, just come on up. And we thank you for tuning in to the real word. Good night, everyone. Night, night. night.